Hi, this is Netta. While I am recording this today, tons of the northern Midwest and um, all of you out east, you're getting blasted with cold. You've had some snow. I think you're going to get more snow. And there's all these advisories of cold, cold weather. Now, here in the south, um, <laughs> not so much. We have... Um, well, I don't know. Chase wore gloves to the bus stop with his sweatshirt. I mean, that's, it's going to be 57 today. So I know some of you would like to reach through technology and just pop me in the nose real quick <laughs> for rubbing it in. But I only say that to go, um, a warm scarf. Like that's what I do. If it's going to be cold, if it's going to be a little bit cold in the mornings when I leave the house, I literally will have like a sweater on and I'll just throw on a scarf and my little lightweight gloves and I'm good to go. And then later I don't have a bunch of layers to shed. I was telling uh, Chase before he went to the bus stop yesterday that the coldest weather I have ever experienced was when I lived in Minnesota and the wind chill that particular morning was like 65 below zero and the actual temperature was i don't know minus 20 something but i remember that wind chill and i had to wait for the city bus to go to work i had so many layers so i had like t-shirts and cam a camisole and a t-shirt and a long sleeve shirt and a sweater and i had my lightweight spring jacket and then i had my huge wool coat and one of them had a hood and then I had a hat and I had earmuffs and <laughs> I had um, tights and leggings and jeans and several layers of socks and boots. I, I was like the little kid who can't put their arms down when they stand outside. And my coworkers would tease me because they all drove to work. And when I got to the office, I'd have to go downstairs into the ladies' room and take like 10 minutes to peel off all my extra layers so that I didn't sweat to death when I got back up to my desk and <laughs> So um, I know what the cold is like, but isn't it amazing how a scarf can make a big difference to cold just because it just gets at our throat, gets right at our neck and it makes us so cold and to have a scarf makes a big difference. I want to look at a situation from Acts 23 where Paul is in Jerusalem now having a really hard time and I want to point out where someone gives him a warm scarf. Not literally, of course, but excuse me, let's talk about that. So Paul has been going back and forth between different religious leaders and etc. Remember, these are probably people, some of them that he knew and even was on these councils with at one point. <clears throat> but they're so frustrated because they just want to do away with Paul and none of their accusations stick because he's not really doing anything wrong. So it says in verse 12 of Acts 23, the next morning, a group of Jews got together and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they killed Paul. There's more than 40 of them in this conspiracy. So their plan was to, to ask the fortress where they were holding him, like, hey, will you bring him before this other council so we can further examine him? But really they were gonna ambush him on the way so he'd never even make it in front of that council. And I mean, it's pretty serious. If you go, I'm not going to eat or drink anything till I do this thing. That's serious. These guys were not playing around. Now in verse 16, it said, but Paul's nephew, his sister's son, heard of their plan and went to the fortress and told Paul. And then Paul took it from there, told the right people. 
and he was protected. And, and I don't know if those other people starved to death or if they decided their oath wasn't a big deal, but their plan was foiled. But I want to look at the verse about Paul's nephew. There are four verbs there that I would love to uh, talk about with you for a second. If you're reading a passage of scripture, by the way, and you're like, nothing is hitting me, nothing's jumping out at me, start looking for the verbs. Now, I often say, look for what it tells you about God, look for what it tells you about you. But here's another simple thing. Look for the verbs. What kind of action is it? Who's doing it? Why are they doing it? Should I be doing it? Or is this something I should not be doing, right? Anyway, there's three verbs. The first one is heard. Paul's nephew heard of their plan. And then he went to the fortress and he told Paul. Now notice, he listened to the plan. And he didn't start freaking out or telling these guys it was wrong or or putting himself in danger. He simply listened. Then he went to the fortress. Okay. So he didn't go around town. He didn't start telling all the rest of Paul's family. He immediately went to Paul with the news. And thirdly, he told Paul the news. All right. He told the right person the news. Okay, let's apply this to us. And where does the warm scarf come in? (laughs) So he heard the news and then he took action. Um, We need to listen. (laughs) We just need to listen. We need to listen to our kids. We need to pay attention to our spouse. We need to listen to our coworkers. We know what it's like to walk into a room or an office or a location, a place, even church where you should be noticed and and appreciated and instead you feel like you're being ignored. Maybe it's not on purpose, but if somebody kind of looks through you or just doesn't even acknowledge you're there or says hi and moves on, it's a very degrading thing. But when we hear somebody and acknowledge that what they say is worthwhile, it's like a warm scarf. It gives them worth. Now, obviously, it's kind of the backside of the situation with Paul's nephew because he heard some awful people making some awful plans, but he was still listening. And I I feel challenged by this because I certainly know what it's like to be ignored And I'm unfortunately also very aware of what it's like to accidentally ignore people. It's very hurtful. And and over a long period of time, when we just kind of brush someone off, it can very much make them feel like they are not worthy, at least to us, but in general. And we would never want to give our kids especially that impression that they're not worth everything to us and that they're not worth everything to Jesus. It says what, I just read this this morning in Psalm 8, what is man that you are paying attention to him? What are humans that you're mindful of them? And yet you placed us a little lower than the angels and crown us with glory. Like God loves us so much and he never ignores us. So The first thing I take away from this verse is I need to make sure that people around me are heard. Isn't it crazy? I think especially with with our kids, when they start talking about a situation, we instantly start formulating a solution. That's our response as a parent. We want to solve it. We want to make them feel better. 
but sometimes we just need to shut stinking up and listen. And listen involves our eyeballs. Ooh, I, I've said a million times, if you've known me for very long, that when a situation is frustrating with your kids, to turn around and look them in the eye because then we're reminded of how much we adore them, how much we love them. So let's not continually form a, a solution. Let's listen. And we know how it is sometimes when we're in a difficult situation, but we can talk it out with someone that we trust. We can kind of come to a good solution on our own. And isn't that what we want our kids to know anyway? How to walk through a situation and come up with a plan or come up with their own encouragement. Come up with, well, I know God says this all on their own. And obviously when they're little, we coax them and and we feed them that information. But we want to help them get there on their own. And we can't do that unless we're listening, unless they know they're heard. And what a warm scarf of comfort a good listener is. Secondly, Paul's nephew went to the fortress. He kept the information to himself and he went where it would be most useful and most effective. When we hear things, be it from our kids or our spouse or or whatever, and, and it's hurtful or upset, where do you run first? Because we should go first to Jesus. I remember having this kind of epiphany when I was in college, my, my freshman year, that first semester, where things were difficult, and I just thought, man, I wish I just had someone to go cry it out with. Because I had some amazing mentors when I was in high school. Thank God for these several amazing ladies that would just stink and listen to me and let me bawl my eyes out. And I'm so grateful for that. But then I go away to college and I was like, I don't have anyone and I don't know anybody and we're all new and who who do I trust? And it was like, God was just standing there looking at me, clearing his throat, like, (laughs) and I started learning. I have to go to him first. I knew that I should take my things to him, but I always went to a human first wanted that human to comfort me. And I started realizing and disciplining myself to go to him first. That's what we learned from Paul's nephew. He went to the right place first. What a warm scarf to know that the God of all creation values us so much so that he would just listen to us. And then he does the same thing to us that we want to try to do to our kids. As we begin to talk it out, he kind of drops things in our heads and hearts. And we start realizing, oh, this is what you want me to know, God. This is what you want me to hear. This is what you want me to do. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, what a warm scarf. And the third thing that he told Paul right? He did tell Paul the news, and it wasn't good news in this case. When we go to Jesus, and we tell him, and then he he takes it from there, too. When he gives us that plan of action, he tells us how to handle it. And it is the same with our children. When they come to us, and once we've earned the right to talk, right? Like, we've earned the right to be heard after we listen, But they can't get started and then we interrupt them. I'm the queen of this. 
I'm the queen of referring to something I've already said. And then they just look at me and sometimes they just shut down. Like, dang it, I need to keep my mouth shut. So I don't want to tell them anything until I've listened to them. And sometimes I don't tell them anything till after I've taken it to Jesus. That's the ideal situation. Then I can come back around when he opens up the right opportunity and tell them what he's told me and what I can share with them. Do you get that? So let's be hearers. Let's take it to the right place. And then let's tell things only at the right time. Those are wonderful warm scarves. Psalms tells us that, or Proverbs tells us that um, a word spoken at the right time is just so comforting. I forget the exact version of it, but aptly spoken is like apples of gold or something like that. Forgive me, it just popped in my head. But God's timing at just the right point is a warm scarf. So my friends, if you're out there in the cold, I know one of my friends walks every morning and listens to this and she's probably freezing her tushy off right now, but let this be a warm scarf that God listens to you. And some of you might need to hear that this morning too. He's listening to you and he will tell you at just the right time because you have gone to him first. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for that warm scarf. And that is just a little piece of my heart.